Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, Stephen Spector, and with me is the ever-present, ever, <laughs> um, Rob, I'm working every time to increase this, the ever-present and knowledgeable Mr. Rob Hirschfeld. How are you, Rob? <laughs> I'm good. I, I do feel like I'm, I'm dressing every day for, for being on a video or something like that, so... Well, you have your DevOps. Definitely a lot of going. Is that an Austin DevOps Day shirt? Like a polo oh, you're right. Shirt? This is my Dallas DevOps Day. Oh, Dallas oh. DevOps Days. Yeah. The Austin, Austin ones are all t-shirts and they are amazing. Soft, really nice uh, yeah, but stuff. When I ran it's the worth two, a trip to Austin just to get the Austin DevOps uh, yeah. merch. But when I ran the two Boise ones, we did hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, they were killer. So, I, you know, the Boise ones were a big deal. But so I don't know if pro, doing pro tip to anybody yeah. listening, if you run an event, have, have Steven do it and select your, your tchotchkes and merch. Because like with the OpenStack days and you oh ran God. the first three conferences and that is still the best conference swag that I've ever gotten. Well, um, my, my old Zen days, we did these jackets at one of the events and uh, I still wear the jacket. It's great. All right. Well, we're going to talk about <laughs> swag permanently for this and our listeners, you know, we always wait, get... wait, I, have, I have one, one more. So there's a, a couple of people remember it. I, I, it's audio. So you're not, don't, you, you can see it, but the audience can't, we made OpenStack pacifiers for the France OpenStack. Cause there were so many crybabies. Oh um, I was God. handing out OpenStack pacifiers. A couple of people still have them. I've um, never seen those. A few. Yeah, this is, these are awesome. And no, to the OpenStack community, Rob and I are not attacking you again, as everyone thinks we do on a regular basis. But I think it's funny. Well, let, let's introduce our guest. <laughs> he, he does have a cool Facebook shirt on, and I will tell our guest, he has a can of spam behind him, which is fascinating for someone to just have it in their office. Well, let me introduce Ross Etheridge who is the lead engineer at a company called Burst, which is a cloud storage. And we're going to talk about some interesting uh, stuff we've never discussed before, which is always exciting. So Ross, go ahead and give us a quick background and don't talk about any of the companies that were shut down by the justice department that you worked at. That would not be appropriate. <laughs> but other than that, uh, go ahead and give us just a quick overview. Oh, he killed me. Uh, uh, hey, I'm Ross Etheridge. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to be here. Uh, it's great. I've uh, been checking out you guys on, on SoundCloud, so it's, uh, it's really cool to get invited. I'm honored. Uh, you know, I'm kind of working the DevOps realm, uh, you know, Linuxy guy, uh, you know, things that deal with APIs, Python, those sorts of things. So, you know, uh, just, just glad to be here. Glad to, glad to talk to you guys about, about anything cloud-related. And is that a state capital of Texas Facebook that shirt? Is, this is the state capital of Austin, Texas Facebook shirt. This is not one of those measly, you know, cheap California Facebook shirts. I have to say, Rob, I've never seen that before. He outdid you, Mr. Austin. <laughs> I'm more Austin than you, Rob. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to have to have to dig up my, my Austin, my Austin credibility. <laughs> But uh, I, I'm super, so DevOps is super interesting, especially if you're doing cloud storage, because there's a lot of details that have to get worked out from that perspective. Um, it, you know, but I do, I do want to transition because we had talked about going into some new, new tech uh, for people. Um, you know, we'll bring in the cloud storage and what cloud storage means, but I, I'm, I'm super curious about um, 
edge, you know, as you know, for the show, edge, edge infrastructure, edge data really are top of mind for us. Um, and so you're, you're doing some work that has some profound implications for how people think about data and the edge. Can you bring us through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, at, at, at Verse, we've uh, coming out, we'll, we'll, it's on the website now, so I guess it's officially launched. Um, but we're, uh, you know, data, we understand nowadays that data doesn't always live in a file system. Um, data is a lot of things, and a lot of times it's things we always assume that were ephemeral, but now we can capture. Um, so uh, we've made a product that allows you to, you know, connect what we call like that loosely coupled data uh, that may, it, maybe it's sitting out on a factory floor. Maybe that data is sitting out in a sensor in a remote location. Maybe that data is on a boat or a ship or something, right? It's getting collected. Um, you know, we've, we've made a product that allows you to couple these uh, desperate, you know, disparate data sources or, or file servers or whatever that data set may be and, and build pipelines um, to do things with that data. The, the difference is, yeah, that, that's possible. People have doing it. They make careers out of it. Mm -hmm. Ours is kind of, it's on, well, not kind of, but it is on that, uh, uh, that new product architecture of what they call like low code, no code solutions. It's like drag and drop programming. You know, you have a, like a canvas and an interface and we have a, a couple hundred different type of connectors up there and you basically drag them down into your canvas and connect them to other sources. Um, we have agent, uh, a very small agent, uh, we call it fusion edge that you, uh, you know, you can put out on, on different things like raspberry Pis or basically anything that has a shell or that are understand, understand C. If you don't understand C or Java, those are the two clients we have. So in anything like that, that we can use to, to do these things that can, can, uh, collect, collect data and aggregate it. Send it, send it back to a central location. Um, yeah, I was going to say, so I want to make sure I understand because data, a data pipeline to me means that you have some type of a source, source creating data somewhere. And then your, your goal is to get that information into a target location. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, super high level. From the front end, we've always had challenges with all the different protocols all the different buses, right? I mean, edge, especially it's like data comes in from all sorts of, of stuff. Is that part of what you're talking about from a sourcing perspective with these connectors? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You, you've nailed it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it's like, think, think of those things out on the factory floor and a lot of automated, you know, warehousing, you know, operations nowadays, like, how does that data make it back to be analyzed as part of your, your, your big data, you know, ERP system or whatever, you know? So, so some of that, some of that's like local on site, you're just connecting, how much of this is connecting the data within a site versus egressing it down to a cloud infrastructure? Um, you know, m m the use cases that we're getting right now uh, and all the, all the POCs we're doing are um, customers that, uh, did not have, or they felt that their data that they had on-prem, they didn't have a connector to, to enrich it or do anything with it in the cloud. Uh, for instance, a good example is um, a POC we're doing uh, for the, actually the, the U.S. Patent Office, for example. Uh, they, they, whenever someone submits a patent, patent and it has a, a reference drawing, um, there's literally humans that go look up that reference drawing and they have to reference it back to other patents and things like that. So it's a human process. 
we wrote a, a flow for them. Uh, we call them flows. It's flow, pro flow programming, I think, is the, the term the kids use. Uh, but we wrote a flow for them that, uh, you know, the U.S. Patent Office, they don't have to come up with any sort of recognition or machine learning. Uh, AWS does that, for example. So we made a connector that literally grabs the images out of these. The patents are all in PDF form grabs the images out, pushes it up into recognition, and they let the machine learning go look and reference these, these architectures now rather than having a human have to do it, you know? So, that, wow. you know, you have, okay. you have companies that never, that now you've, that, that's our biggest use case, companies that are saying, hey, well, oh, we can, we can now make a pipeline that goes up into AWS or Azure or Google Cloud and come back down to us with some enriched data that where we couldn't do before, you know what I mean? That's fascinating. So in a case like that, would you then create some decoupling? So Graham, if you have a pipeline, then conceivably you could use recognition mm -hmm. and then say, you know what, I actually want to spread out that load or create mm -hmm. some redundancy or change providers. The go. pipeline would just let me move things around. It literally is, uh, you know, like for instance, I have a one, when I just finished with a big, I don't know if we can say company name, I, for a, a well-known oil drilling if you, firm. If, if you can, it, <laughs> yeah. it's okay to not. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a, a very well-known oil drilling firm, but uh, they, they have a lot of uh, seismic data. And mm -hmm. uh, so we um, uh, basically, you know, we, we're writing collectors that go in, um, grabs, you know, mine data out of the infrastructure that they, they weren't able to mine before. You know, you had to have like a person manually go check these things. You know what I mean? So you set so, something at the edge, like I said, that little tiny, we, we call it fusion edge. It's not the, it doesn't have any graphical interface, interface. It's just like an agent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, so wait, so, so now, I'm, but the pipelines are, are drag and drop. So there's a yeah, graphical user interface, like a cloud-based interface. It creates a, a schema that you can then use, send to the agent. Is that the mm -hmm. idea? Yeah. It's sent from like a master controller down to the agent. And then, so say that, 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 needs to change now they don't want their stuff going up into google cloud into some repository uh literally it's, it's drag and drop programming whereby uh you know you take the connector that went over here and you drag it to another box that you made that has and inside that box for instance is the api call to post into google cloud with your 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 key right and so you just literally drag it over there and connect it to that one yeah my mind goes crazy on the like you know now you've got to manage that data control, right? There's, there's all sorts of credentialing security. Uh, the age, I mean, the agents are now, so the age, you're saying the agents are autonomous from that perspective, right? They're, yeah. they have enough, they don't, they don't rely on being tethered back into the cloud infrastructure. They mm -hmm. get a profile, they're self self-contained. Mm -hmm. All right. And then yeah. you have to worry about securing it and managing yeah. that. And okay. you do. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of um, like some use cases that we've had for like that are kind of the what you're talking about uh, in the way it's been handled in one instance I know is uh, working we're working with a, a litigation firm where I guess when you know corporations get in trouble they have to uh, they collect all your communications your email certain files right yeah. and so they were able to deploy our, our, our edge we just called it edge agent right uh, Fusion Edge out through Active Directory. They did it through just an MSI installer. So it'll go on Linux or Windows. Those are our, our base, or, or Mac OS as well. Okay. But for a litigation firm that needs to collect some data, you know, this was easy. They didn't have to have an IT person go around with like transferring files over the network or looking for things. They use Active Directory, deployed the agent out, and then the agent said, they gave basically the, like a, to your point, 
say, hey, here's the list of directories to go scan files for, like, you know, your PSTs or your whatever, because we have to hold all this data for litigation. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of that agentless one you were talking about. But the way wow, they secured okay. it was through Active Directory deployment on the MSI. So they're still in control through their, their security parameters on that one. Interesting, because when I when I originally heard you describing it, I was assuming there was like a, a cloud control plane that Burst was managing, and then the you know, and then and then so because a lot of the a lot of the SaaS designs you know always put the SaaS at the center, and what you're describing to me is much more edge friendly because the the system relies on local operate lo local autonomy. Exactly. No, we're not doing any anything that's. Well, I, I guess it's drastically new because before this, this, this sort of infrastructure and these sort of data pipelines, they already exist, but they exist. You go get a Cloudera account. Okay. Uh, you go get a StreamSets account, right? It's the, it's the same, uh, you know, those would be, call them competing products, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can do all the things in that ecosystem the same way you can do with uh, Burst Fusion. Um, however, you can't take Cloudera and go put it on, uh, in, a, in a local install. You can't take Cloudera and deploy it inside your enterprise. You have to get your data up there before you can do something with it. Um, so th this, is, this is the niche that we're filling with this product. That's why it's unique from all the other ones. You, like I said, you know, you're like, there's drag and drop, this low code, no code I was speaking of that's, that mm -hmm. already exists. Like I said, go get a Cloudera account. You got it. You know? Right. Well, that's, I mean, data pipelining is, makes a ton of sense. I, that's why I'm, I'm very focused on this idea that you've been able to take something on edge mm -hmm. and move it into a location. And we've talked um, to other people sort of about how you deploy something at the edge, right? So what you're describing with pipelining would mean I could build an application that relies on a data egress pipeline to the cloud and say, you know what, but when I grow to enough density, I'm going to move to a regional data center and not send that data, you know, trombone it back to the cloud. I'm going to move it to a more local infrastructure and, and, and not cross my network boundaries or something like that. And so oh, yeah. what you're describing really important flexibility for people building edge topologies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've been, we, we, I had, I don't have them yet, but you know, we've been trying to work in working on some POCs as well with uh, the, the cloud providers edge devices like Amazon uh, snowball edge that they provide mm -hmm. now. And uh, pardon me, Azure, I forget their product, but they have similar product. They have an Azure edge. Yeah. yeah oh, there you go. Azure edge. I forget that they called it something <laughs> special, but yeah. Super creative naming there. Yeah. Them. Right. I, so I, I am a huge fan of descriptive naming. So kudos to, <laughs> Kudos to Microsoft, <laughs> bah, to snow cone, snowball, exactly snow monster. Right. No, no, please call don't. it what it is. Yeah, no, you can tell an engineer is in charge over there. Hey, we're calling it what it is. This thing here, right? No, uh, so yeah, no, we we've demonstrated on those platforms that it, it does work there. We just don't. We need some POCs if anyone's listening and they want to try it. <laughs> but no, we, we just don't have any customers that have done it yet. But we've, you know, in engineering, we've, we've worded, you know, worked it out and got the devices and said, oh, yeah, we got certified on them. So it's all good. So, so Ross, I, oh, I was going to say, Rob, you're okay. This wouldn't be a, a latest shiny podcast unless we talked open source as well. <laughs> because uh, that's just what we are. So, yeah. you know, I've looked at this and uh, something called Apache NiFi, I think that's how you say it, yes. Yes, sir. Is, is behind the scene. And what I, what's really cool is the visual, the ability to build this visually 
not with code, mm-hmm. although it's not qu- it's not quite drag and drop like you think, but it's amazingly visual. Can you talk a bit about um, you know this Apache NiFi, how this links into it, and the opportunity for people, you know, in that community, this could be uh, an expansion mm-hmm. of what they're doing today. Yeah, a- absolutely, and um, so that that is the underlying uh, you know thank you Apache. Uh, that is the underlying uh, engine we're using is Apache NiFi behind, behind the scenes. Um, you know, what we what we try to do, you know, uh, again, I'll use Cloudera because they're a good example of someone who does this as well in, in the cloud space, right? Um, you know, they, they've taken it and just, you know, you don't need to be a, a data science or, or really have a, a data scientist or really have a, a big background in, in connecting pipelines because they've kind of just dumbed it down for you, you know? And... Uh, you know, God bless them for doing it. And it's the same thing with, with Fusion, where we've just taken it out of the cloud, put it in your hands, or deploy it in the cloud. Uh, because, like, for, for instance, perfect example, Cloudera. To use it, you have to have a Cloudera account. And, and mm-hmm. AWS doesn't have a competing product. They don't have it. Well, okay, well, then deploy our AMI in AWS. Now you have that Cloudera capability inside of AWS or inside of Azure. And the, the, the great part that we see you know, going back, I'll, I'm going to mention cloud storage. You know, that, that's how we founded the company and built it. And that was our, our paycheck for a long time. But we realized quickly that, again, not all data is going to land in a file system. And these beautiful ecosystems that the public cloud is now that have AI and machine learning that you just plug into, you plug the data, you literally drag and drop the connector over there, you know. Uh, that just really leverages business to, like, hey, hey, you know what? I didn't, I didn't have to hire a developer to build any AI or anything. I just host an Amazon. I use this product to connect all the data through it and just route it through the cognitive services that the, the cloud has. Yeah, so we're I, just, we just I feel like, like we're I helping like people accelerate to the cloud. We're not trying to take anyone's bread and butter. We're just helping them get there, you know? I, what I like is that potentially you're also helping them get out of the cloud when it's a time appropriate for them too. So it's- There you go. Yeah. Um, right, because because really these these abstraction layers um, allow you to then make some intelligent choices. I, I've I've like Stephen, I had some questions about NiFi also. The the simplest one is why is it called NiFi? Uh, it had to do <laughs> what was it? Uh, I, you know, I've read about it before. It, okay. it was so NiFi was developed by the Department of Defense. Uh, it was okay. a DOD project, and that's why it has that acronym. I guess I could Google it real quick, but it means that's something. Fine. That's just I thought you might know off off the top. No, I don't. And then and then the Department of Defense, uh, after they developed it, they they gave it to Apache Software Foundation. So, so that's cool. I, okay. I did yeah, the search. Cool. It says it's from something called Niagara Files. Niagara Software. Files. That's what it is. Dang it. Developed yes. by the NSA. Even NSA. more evil than the Defense Department. There but, you go. Uh, <laughs> Some government agency. Uh, this is exact, but this this to me is exactly where Apache projects. Um, you know, it's it's a good way for Apache projects to come about, and it's what Apache should be for, which is, you know, pro- stuff that was developed in the public interest being contributed back in into the into community in a in a way. Yeah, Apache's weird because right, you can't actually use the name NiFi if I'm correct. You actually no, have like, to can. use your own product name. Yeah, we that's it's called Fusion, yes. And we had to package it and you know obfuscate a lot of things. But no, the the base engine, you know, if you were to rip it apart and go into our source code, uh, you you would see it's the NiFi engine and you know that's what I said, you know, that's cool. open, bless bless Apache, right? For 
uh, just make, coming out with cool, cool tools like that and making them available for the world. It, this is, I think this is one of those cases because it's always worthwhile when you're consuming products based on open source to understand their origin, their community, their history, their sustaining story. And ones that came out of a, a solid use case that were well-funded, built out, and then made it into open source are to me much more uh, resilient mm -hmm. from that perspective. Because uh, Apache has a tendency to starve projects from a marketing perspective. Um, yeah, and that can, not, be, that can be dangerous compared to like OpenStack or Kubernetes or things like that that are really brand focused. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't have any insight to Apache. You know, I've used their different uh, products they've used, but yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, it's almost like that's where they go to sit on the shelf until some company finds a use for them and, and basically incorporates them into another product. You know what I mean? And then there's the sustaining model. No, I, I, it's, you know, it, uh, I've been, I've been around the open source blocks well enough, long enough. And so yeah. it's, it's an interesting, interesting mix. The, one, one of the questions I have for you and one of the use cases for edge mm -hmm. um, that I'm always, I'm always interested in <laughs> mm -hmm. um, is this idea that you could actually apply intelligence to modify or transform flows. Yes. So yes. in the data pipelines that you're talking about, a static pipeline is okay. Mm -hmm. In edge, you might be like, oh, this route is too slow or it's down, or mm -hmm. I'd rather use local, but I'm out of bandwidth. Can I switch? Um, can I stop? How, yeah, how much intelligence is it? Can you apply in a pipeline? Oh, it's, too much, uh, and, and I'll say okay. what, what we're, well, I'll, okay, I'll oversimplify it. No, I'll, I'll oversimplify it. So uh, there's this whole concept of, of back pressure. So, you know, you, you may have 32 lines drawn to different blocks that you're connecting data all over the place, mm -hmm. but inside each of one of those, in between each one of those blocks where you drag and drop a connector and say, hey, connect this to that, uh, you'll, you'll see like a, a module, a connector module kind of, I'm trying to visually describe it for you. It pops open and in there that has back pressure settings. You can, you can set back pressure based on uh, the size of the amount of data that's in the queue, the count of things that's in the queue. Um, you can set the number of threads. Uh, it's highly configurable. And then what we've added on top of that what, uh, in, in the, the burst fusion uh, product is we even added a WAN accelerator. So think about where you're building workflows where different uh, fusion systems that are, that are geographically uh, apart and you need them to connect over the WAN and you know that, that connection can be sketchy a lot of times. Uh, you know, when you're in, think of over cell phone links or over ship to shore radios, those sorts of scenarios. Uh, we have a WAN accelerator whereby the two burst systems, you basically just tell them each other their IP. Think of setting up a VPN, a point-to-point -point VPN or something like that. We do that between the two systems. Um, we, we, and, and so, you know, in our testing, we can, like on a 10 gig pipe or a one gig pipe, you know, we'll, or even on a, a, a spotty connection, we can still get in the upwards of like, you know, 90% saturation on the pipe uh, using our, our, our WAN Acceler technology. So we added that on top of, Apache NiFi engine and things like that to speed the data flow when you when you might have a spotty connection or yeah. this this is fascinating to me because back pressure is exactly the right term. I have a mm -hmm. mechanical engineering 
background. (laughs) And so it's, it's fascinating to me to think about it. And this is the place where people should be adding value into these projects because it's, it, you know, having the controls is one thing, being able to make the adjustments, track it, visualize it, you know, add intelligence into those settings Mm -hmm. is a totally, you know, you're right. The too much, too much control, but that's, that's where people add value. That's where you need help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes uh, when I'm dealing with customers, uh, they ask the question, well, what does it do? And I was like, well, what do you want it to do? (laughs) It's literally, that's what what problem do you want to solve with this? It, you know, I look at it as like this, this Lego set. Cause like I said, as a company, we, we realize that data is everywhere. It's not just in file systems. And you know what? We would love for you to use our software defined storage product as the resting place for it. But you know what? Most of the time you're not, we realize that you're, you're going to want native things that are maybe a database, a data lake, redshift, whatever you want. That's where it needs to go. It doesn't need to go in our appliance. So that's where we'll put it for you. Yeah. That's I think that's a really nice move. Um, this, this type of, cause right. It's nice to store the data at rest, but what you're really transforming into is being, you know, understanding data is, is really the key, the key thing here. Yeah. And this is, this is about understanding the, the data movement and how, how things are created. Yeah. It was definitely a paradigm shift at our company, probably like, you know, like last year, it's like everybody decided that, uh, and even in our NAS product, you know, like we, we even changed our licensing. Uh, because of this different paradigm that's how we started thinking about things uh but it, it was you know mo- storage companies when you you buy a capacity license like i can have 20 terabytes of storage i can have 100 terabytes that's your license right, right. and it's charged hey you're billed by however many terabytes you have on your appliance right that was the standard or it still is for every other cloud storage company but we thought, hey, that's kind of like storage tax. Like you're paying for the storage in the cloud and then we're charging you more for that storage on top of that. That's a tax. So we were like, so we changed our whole licensing model where now you buy our license. Uh, we, don't, we don't care how much data you put or don't put on it. You, you buy the license for the, the machine type. Think of, you know, in Azure, it's kind of like based off of cores. A two okay. core machine is dirt cheap and, you know, but you can put 20 terabytes behind it. We don't care, you know? Interesting. So it's more throughput. Yeah, it's just throughput based. Like, you know, if you want more performance, you'll buy a bigger machine and you'll, that's all you'll pay for. Yet who cares how much data you put behind that, you know? I like that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. It it does. It really does feel like in talking to you, this is, this is, you know, very customer driven first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then, you know, helping customers with, you know, the, the motion of their data, data and data in motion as opposed to data at rest. Well, well, yeah. I mean, if you just look at the economics of everything and how, how business is going, like, you know, you're, you're everyone is, un, I'll say fortunately or unfortunately, I don't, I don't, you know, but whatever, everyone is kind of going to probably, you know, three or four different providers and that's it. We realize like, Hey, we're, we're not trying to capture some market. We're going to help you get there. Like how, how, we're going to help you accelerate to the cloud. Like fine. If you don't buy our appliance to store it on, we don't care, but, Hey, you can still use our products and and still get there faster. We still add value. So, Ross, this is uh, usually when I come in. For those who listen to our podcast, know this is where I stop, Rod. And um, I know because otherwise, know. I'm going to go on way deeper and ask a ton more questions. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to yeah. our earlier podcast, three years—I think it's two or three years ago, Rob. I still can't believe we're 
how long we've been doing this. Uh, those were an hour long and we let him go. So uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was crazy. So, so Ross to wrap up, you know, generally if people want more information, uh, maybe they want to contact, reach out to you. Are you on Twitter? Um, uh, yeah. You know, I would call, unfortunately I would call myself a social media hermit. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. But, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I I spend so much time behind a computer anyway that I figure I don't I don't need any. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am mm-hmm. on that site, not on Twitter or anything else. Or you know, uh, just reach out to to Burst. Uh, hey, rethridge at Burst dot com. That's Burst okay. with two U's. Uh, but yeah, if anybody wants a POC, like I said, we 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 also have a storage appliance, but you know that's not sexy. Uh, and cool. <laughs> it's just, it's cloud storage. It's uh, needed. <laughs> it's needed, right? It's needed. Um, that, that's about it. But yeah, no, uh, anyone interested in, in Burst Fusion and just kind of in the, you know, anybody that needs help building data pipelines, reach out to us. Is, is this something that people could just like download a trial kit and then build a yeah, simple, absolutely. like how, what does it take to get started on a simple pipeline? Literally, uh, so we, the, the images are public. If you have an Azure account or an AWS account, go and look in the marketplace and just in the, the, the marketplace, look for Burst Fusion. I know, or, or you can go, uh, if you contact us, we'll send you an OVA if you want to do on-prem. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, I, uh, as of this morning, the images are now in Azure and AWS. You should be able to find us in the marketplace as far as I know. Fantastic. Well, Ross, uh, thanks for joining us, Rob. Another great podcast, new, new stuff to talk about. And again, we got your old mechanical engineering degree coming out. I mean, the last Always time useful. I remember that is I remember when you said you had a master's degree in robotics when we talked to the robotics guys with the airplanes. I wonder if that's still, if that company's still around. We should, we should go back and look at the, these edge companies that we talked to. to and have you. <laughs> We're doing edge mortality rate. Uh, to, to see what happened to these folks. Yeah, well, and we should. Again, Ross, thanks for uh, joining us and uh, for our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast. And uh, as we always say, if you want to join us, uh, please come on. We're super friendly as Ross. I think Ross will tell you we were nice to him. Uh, we're only mean afterwards. At least when the tape about. is rolling, we're nice. When the tape is rolling, we're nice. So uh, please, we welcome everyone to come on and uh, talk technology. Well, no, thanks, thanks again, everyone. I had a smile the whole time. You guys are hilarious. Thank you.